podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone, Robbo here. You're listening to the Blues Focus Podcast. Keep right on. Hello and welcome back to the Blues Focus Podcast with me, Tommy Gelsall. Uh, this week I'm joined by Rich. How are you, mate? I'm not bad, mate. Yourself? Well, I've had better days, to be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you've been living under a rock these past few days, then well, today and yesterday, then you would have forgotten that. Obviously, the Blues had that terrible game against Rotherham yesterday. Uh, of course, we were there, me, Dad and Jack, um, recording this and um, documenting what a terrible day and what a terrible game it was, um, which is immediately what we should talk about, Rich. What was going on yesterday? Like, Can you even summarise what happened? I mean, where do you start? You get to the first half against the side like Rotherham. You don't have a single shot, let alone one on target. The second half again, we start to build a little momentum, but we still didn't look like we could lay a glove on them. Um, it was just all around absolutely terrible. And quite honestly, we were very lucky to come out of there with only a 2-0 scoreline because it was that bad. We were absolutely terrible in every in every area. Mm. There was nothing creative. There was nothing battling from the forwards to try and close down defenders. Defence was all over the place. We were just absolutely shambolic. Oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, absolutely agree. The um, forwards are really what seems to be sort of the problem at the moment because... Um, admittedly, Mark Roberts and everybody at the back had a shambles yesterday, and the marking for the goals were absolutely atrocious. I mean, how do you even begin to describe what was going on at the back there? But like when it comes to Deeney and Hogan, there isn't much attacking threats going on there. I mean, like, uh, how would you sort of put that right? How would you try and get the best out of those two? I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because ultimately, yes, strikers rely on service, but at the same time, you kind of you're looking for your strikers to join in with play, and they just don't seem to do it. Mm. Uh, I seem to remember one one specific part in um in the second half, and we're under pressure, and Bakuna tries to clear it away. Hogan's twenty yards into Rotherham half mm. with absolutely no chance of picking up the ball, and you just like you have to have some kind of connection with your strikers and the rest of your team, but at the moment. It just feels like they're a complete separate entity and I just can't really understand it myself. Mm. I mean, with the absence of Djokovic obviously being from that red card, it, it does look like Dini and Hogan. But, I mean, like, are you upset or disappointed with Dini and the way he's come to the club and he's not really set the light, set the league alight in that way? I mean, I, I I had a conversation with one of my friends when I found out that he was potentially coming. And I said to him, I don't want him here. And it, it's not anything personal against him. But it was always going to be that case. Oh, he's a Blues fan. Oh, he wants the best for the club and everything else. So the pressure was always going to be there for him to perform. Uh, he's, what, 34 now? Roughly in that region? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, his best days were, were gone. And that's why Watford got rid of him. You mm. don't get a player that's under contract for free if they're any good still, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. 
you know, he, he may well be a, a good leader and a, a good person to have around the place. But unfortunately, in terms of being a footballer now, Troy Deeney's days are well behind him. And, you know, unfortunately, we have a forward line that is ageing rapidly and, you know, it, the pace of the championship just doesn't allow that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with the pace of the championship as well, like some of the younger players who obviously haven't had time to completely mould within the championship just yet. Uh, we've had a couple like Jordan James, of course, who is starting to become a bit more seasoned. But, I mean, like with the youngsters yesterday, were you impressed with them? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously Josh Williams showed himself to be all right again. Um, wasn't necessarily a fan of them shoving him out on the left-hand side, considering mm. how well he did on the right. Um, however, you know, needs must. Um, you know, George Hall again was probably the only person for me showing that he had the appetite to go and close down, go and put pressure on Rotherham. Um Jordan James again, you know, getting involved, getting stuck in. The young lads are essentially running the team at the moment. And as great as it is to see the lads coming through and doing well to the best of their ability, it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. You shouldn't have lads 10 years younger than these pros showing them how it should be done. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's crazy when you really think of this. Like, it's like a... I don't know, it's something that maybe non-league teams would do, maybe play all their youngsters to try and get them some games and whatever. Or something at the end of the season you do, you know, you throw all your youngsters out, try and get them a bit, give them some experience. But towards the start of the season where we've had, I mean, how many young players did play yesterday? There was Williams, there was Hall, there was James. Who else played yesterday? There was Job as well. Coming he came the on, bench. yeah. Mm. There was um, Stirk. Stirk came yeah, on. Yeah, Brian Stirk as well. That's five. So, that that's half a squad already. I know, yeah. That's and insane. Just, you know, none of these lads have played in the championship before last season. Mm. None of them. And you know, as much as yeah, they might end up having the ability to play at this level, the club's gonna ruin them with the yeah. way we're going at the moment. Because you look at it and say to yourself, who have they got to look up to in the squad at the moment? Oh uh, yes, Deeney might be able to lay some experience on him and whatever because of the level he's played at. But you look through this squad and you say, who's the top professional that they can really look up to? Mm. Yeah, I suppose it is just Deeney, isn't it? Or maybe Gardner. Maybe George Friend. Maybe, maybe Friend. George yeah. Friend. Mm. I didn't. I forgot. Maybe that. John Ruddy. Yeah, I think Ruddy'd be good actually. But again, he's a goalkeeper, so it's hard to yeah really pin that in. So it's like there's exactly like a... so. It's, yeah. it's very difficult. I don't know where we can... Because obviously we've got Norwich next game now. So with that performance against Rotherham, I mean, that doesn't fill you with confidence, does this? Oh, of course not. But then it, it, it'd be so typical of us to have that performance against Rotherham and then go and beat Norwich 1-0. Absolutely. Yeah. It'd be so typical. Or at least and put up know, a fight. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know... Said, said it to one of my friends when we went into the Wigan game. As soon as that red card came after 10 minutes, it's like, typical Blues, we're going to lose this one now. Yeah, yeah. We go and play Rotherham again, a side that we usually just run over every single season. This season, again, it's just, 
the performance level was never there. You know, we never got started. So it, it's unacceptable. But then we'll go and play a side like Norwich and they'll all be up for it mm. because they know when they're playing against a side like Norwich, they're in the shop window and people will be looking at it. But yeah. when they're playing a Rotherham, it's like, oh well, no one's got eyes on this, so let's not bother. Yeah, is it is it on the telly the game Rotherham, uh, the Norwich game? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, if it is it midweek or yeah, it's Tuesday night now. Yeah, yeah. So it will be available to watch. Mm. So, um, again, another one of those situations where eyes on it. Yeah, there there does feel like that, doesn't there? There does feel like a um. I don't know, because the Watford game, was that on telly as well? I think the Huddersfield one was definitely on telly. Um, but I, obviously, I don't know, because I, I go to the game, so I never have the um, I never worry yeah, about so, the like that. Again, obviously, any game that's not a Saturday 3pm is available to watch. Yeah, yeah. So um, it makes it a lot easier for anyone that's looking at anyone who plays for us to obviously have a look in at players that are mm. playing. I mean... Um, yeah, no, carry on. Yeah, um, I, I was kind of at the end of my point there. To be right. honest with you. <laughs> I think um, with Norwich, obviously, we played them in the cup and we played all right. But there again, it was in the cup and it wasn't a completely strong Norwich side. Uh, Norwich side, and I don't know. This it feels like a long time ago that Watford game where we were putting in strong challenges, keeping up a high tempo. Like as soon as that weekend game was played, it looks like back to blues now, like back to the same old blues. I mean, where does that come from? How do we get that back? Because we're going to have to need that in order to, you know, win games and stay up this season. Because although we've had a decent start, or what it feels like a decent start, we've only won one game in the what, mm-hmm. five or six games we've played. So, you know, that's not good return, really. No, not at all. Um, you know, <laughs> What what do you do about it? Because the thing is, it's the same every season. And we, we say like, oh, well, maybe this player was the problem. Maybe this player was the problem. But every time those players are moved on, the problem still, still seems to persist. I don't know whether it's something from within the camp to have a problem against the owners themselves or whatever else, or just maybe... The fact of because of how how poor the squad depth is, maybe they're all too comfortable because they know no matter what, they can't be moved on or, you know, they're going to play regardless. Yeah. It feels like one extreme or the other, you know, if they could be either too comfortable or overworked, you know what I mean? It's like with the squad depth, it's like, yes, they've got a position every week, but some weeks Mm -hmm. where they're not 100% fit, they're being forced to play and then they get frustrated and then they can't perform up to the levels that we need in order to sustain to the vision. And obviously we have over the last few years, but mm. it feels like it's about to run out now. And with the money drained from the whole entire club and the players just disappearing and the players that we still do have are still not underperforming. So it is worrying, isn't it? It's There's no... There doesn't seem to be any hope this season. Like with other seasons under Gary Monk, towards the end of the season, it looked like we were rebuilding for the next season. With Redknapp, yeah. it looked like we just survived on the last day, and it looked like we might slowly rebuild over time. But again, it's all the domino effect from sacking Gary Rowett and then sacking Gary Monk, of course. But um, yeah, with the transfer window coming up, 
I mean, the first question is, do you expect to sign anybody? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's just, there's no, there's no kind of basis for anyone coming in at the moment is that, um, you know, all the talk that was about with multiple players mentioned over the past month has just completely went quiet. Mm. Um, you know, obviously we're hearing that potentially Mejbury or what, however you say his name, and mm. um, it it allegedly chose to come to us and stay in England rather than move abroad. But somehow I still can't see it. Um, you know, it's it it's very worrying. Because at the end of the day, if we have to go with what we've got until January, I think we're going to be several points adrift and facing a long old battle at the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not too sure about Hannibal or whatever his last name is. I don't think that he's quite up to the scratch that I've seen him at yet, but could be wrong, but... I think if he does come into the team, then it's just going to be another Chong, really. He'll be doing all the work and mm -hmm. everyone else will be kicking back. But when I when I say as well, I, when I say that he's not quite up to championship standards, I mean that he's not up to the standards that we need him to be, really. That's what, kind of what I'm trying to say there is because he will be a good player for us. So I've got no doubts about that. I'm sure he'll put in a shift. But it comes to when he's not on there 100% all the time. So like with Chong last season, I don't know if you remember this, Rich, but like, he was pulling the whole entire team along, trying to get us winning games. But then, obviously, yeah. he's only he's only human, so he's tr he's trying his best. But when it comes to his limits, he's he's going to get tired. And with him being a young kid as well, and so mm -hmm. it needs to be the whole team effort. And there's just not enough of that at the moment. And you've touched on that a little bit as well with some of the players sort of being too comfortable and whatever. But obviously, we need a left back, don't we? I um oh, I, saw, yeah. I saw on. Twitter earlier um, saying that we, we knew we'd get rid of Pedersen so why didn't we look to bring in a replacement so I, I don't know do you know anybody that springs to mind who might be a decent signing for us at that position or is it just blank <laughs> I mean the thing is when it comes to left backs because they are so rare everyone's already got theirs and they're not really looking to move them on if they're any good um, I really do think we missed the trick um, when we were linked with Bidwell in January, um, you know, losing out to Coventry. No disrespect to Coventry, but I feel like we may have had more money available to get him in and we just <laughs> seemed to not bother. And, you know, with with the fact that we knew Christian was going within six months, that made absolutely no sense. Mm. You know, the left back's been a problem for the last... I want to say several years because even Jonathan Grounds, when we brought him in, he wasn't a left back. No. He was a centre back being asked to play there because he had a left foot. Mm. And, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's not good enough because at the end of the day, you know, growing up, we always had a half decent left back. Maybe not the best, best around, but we always had a decent one. You know, uh, obviously, last couple of years before, the whole Carson Young thing happened. Yeah, it was Ridgewell. But David Murphy, even after he got relegated, brilliant left back. And it just seems as if ever since we we lost Lee Clark, we haven't had a decent left back. I can't remember having one. Because obviously yeah. Shane Ferguson played there back then. 
Yeah, you know, the brilliant left foot, and he's doing brilliant for Rotherham at the moment. Of course, yeah, he came on yesterday. Actually, that was surprising. Mm-hmm. They've got a few of our old players now. They've had Wes Harding. They've got Cohen Bramall. Uh, who else have they got? They've got Grant Hall, who was <laughs> a, a brief player for a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shane Ferguson, who obviously was a decent player for us under Lee Clark times, and he scored a wonder of mm-hmm. a free kick against Palace. I remember that. It just seems like oh, I can't really put anything into words at the moment with the Blues because obviously I feel like I've said it about a million times now, but it it just feels like there should be something being done more obviously. Like the team should be playing better. We're not that bad, surely. Like we're not bad that teams from League One can come up and start beating us every week. It feels like we've got to at least put up a you know put up an effort. So whenever we play these better teams. We seem to play better. It's it's. I don't really understand that. We sort of stoop to the level that which team we're playing at, which yeah. No disrespect to Wigan or what uh, Wigan or Rotherham or anything, but obviously when you're playing Watford, the standards much more different. You need you got more fast speed and everything. Um, yeah. but I I honestly expected going into that Rotherham game that we'd bounce back from the Wigan game because it would be a bit of a fluke. I thought it was a mm-hmm. bit of a fluke Wigan game. But it just sort of painted on the wall. Ah, oh, no, this is not quite this, is it? It's going to be the the, the uh, early season bounce is gone now. So we're going to have to really struggle out for just a point or whatever. So that's going to be the difficult one. Um, with certain players and certain managers, I suppose, uh, do you see Eustace lasting? I know it's a bit of a long question, that one. It's uh, down the line. But with his record at the moment do you see him lasting until well how long how long would you say that he could last for um i i mean it, it's it's a very difficult question because he's only just came in mm. um you know i've always been one of them i hate three five at the back um i'll never be a fan of it um I don't want to sound like the the Facebook dads, but it's not Blues. And, you know, we've never really had proper attacking fullbacks to make it work anyway. So the whole, oh, well, we want to play this way. What's the point if you don't have the players in the first place? Yeah. Um. You know, one of the biggest things that Rowett had going for him when he was with us was the fact he played to our strengths. Oh, absolutely. He didn't try and make yeah. us look like we were any exceptional side, you know, nine times out of 10, we come out of games and we barely have 40% possession, mm. but we win games. Yeah. Because he knew the side that he had would not control the game. He knew that the side he had would create chances from playing it down the channels, getting the wingers high and having a solid base with your, you know, your back four and then your two holding midfielders. Mm. So, you know, I think when you don't have the money to spend, you have to be looking at your side and saying, okay, this is what we can do. This is what we can't do. And it just, it feels like over the last couple of years, the managers just have been looking and saying, oh, well, this is the way I play rather than the way this is way, this is the way you can play. Um, And, I don't, I don't really want to give the players an excuse for their performances because at the end of the day, they've not been good enough. But I think it's it's kind of one of them, 
I think they're in the background kind of saying, oh, well, we, we can't do that. And I think that's why it keeps not working out for these managers. Mm. Um, for Eustace, I, I wouldn't want to get rid of him because the thing is, you know, when we got rid of Boya, it was, oh, who's going to come in now? Yeah. We're yeah. worried about that. Yeah. And then Eustace goes, then, <laughs> you know, you're scraping the barrel <laughs> even further, really. Yeah. God, who do we get if Eustace does go? It's only just crept into my mind, that is, because... Oh, God. <laughs> when Karanka went, I was a bit in that situation as well because we managed to pick Boya, but obviously Boya was a, a Charlton at the time. But there's nobody yeah. free at the moment who we could potentially attract. And even in somebody with a job, nobody... I don't think anybody would touch us at the moment with the actual state that we're in. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. make some great points with uh, Rowett playing to his strengths. Because I looked at the team yesterday and I think... Well, Mark Roberts is clearly not the best passer of the ball, let's be honest. And he's mm-hmm. been put in a five at the back, a three or five at the back, where he's been asked to play that role. And it's like, fair enough, but he can't play that role. He's not got the ability to do it. Austin trusted, yeah. perhaps, yes. Sanderson, yes. But Mark Roberts, no. If you're going to play that formation or play that system, then you're probably going to have to ruffle a few feathers and probably leave him at the team because... Unless we are going to play, I don't know, a bit more British-style football, then we aren't going to have Mark Roberts in the team. If we're going to try and play better passing football, then we're going to have to leave him at the team. So mm-hmm. that's the kind of things there. But I, I suppose we use Bakuna and James well, but I don't know if we use our strikers to our complete advantage, even though that they are poor. I'm not denying that. I still think that we need uh, to use them better because... Every goal that Dini has scored for us so far has been a one-on-one situation. His goal mm-hmm. against Swansea at home last season was one-on-one right from the keeper. Uh, he did some good work at the build-up for the Millwall goal, but he still was yeah. a one-on-one situation. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a header or anything or like a penalty. Although his penalty was against Fulham, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dust over that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and obviously that Cardiff goal that he scored, which Matthias Sarkic was almost the assist for, you know, those yeah. chances that he does get is in front of goal. And although that he is obviously showing his age and, you know, not pulling his weight quite as much as it, uh, some of the other players, I do think, though, if he would stay on the shoulder of the defender, I've put this in a few articles, so if you've read them, then you would have heard this before. But mm-hmm. with him playing on the shoulder, he's... He has got strength. And if he does push him about a bit, he can start to get some order in for himself and try and move a couple of players out of the way, grab hold of that ball and try and get a shot on target. Because did he even have a shot on target yesterday? I don't think he did. No. no. It was a, it I mean, was a couple it, from Hogan. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look, you look back at it and you say to yourself, when Hogan broke into the box and Dean is six yards out in the centre of the box. Mm. Just pass it. I know. Just pass it. From the angle and, where know, we were. It would have been 1-1 one, one then. Yeah. Maybe it's a different game, but as soon as he, he did, elects to go at the near post where the keeper's covered it already anyway, I think that just sucked the life out of him again. Because, mm. you know, it, it, we were starting to build into the game at that point and you, you could see between the two of them, they were like, what the hell was that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's just... It's very frustrating because I think for both of them, they're very much 
strikers that need to be fed, and yeah. unfortunately, that's not but that's not the team that we have. Um, you know, I think I said it in in the podcast that we did a few weeks back. To make to make things work, with the current side we have, we need pacey athletic strikers. Um, so, you know, why why people are again talking about potentially bringing in Lyle Taylor? Mm. I don't get it because yeah. he's very much in the same ilk as the strikers we've already got. And mm. um, yes, and maybe he can create a chance for himself a bit better than the others at the moment, but he's not head and shoulders above. So, to to then want to bring in another over thirty striker makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah, I completely agree. There's also, I was watching a couple of highlights back from last season before I came on, just to sort of get some ideas as to what how bad it's got, basically. But you look at some of the players that we had last season, and I'm looking at here, I'm seeing that we've got uh, Tahith Chong, obviously from mm-hmm. Manchester United. Riley McGree, who's now at Borough now, who went for mm-hmm. five million. I mean, like what a signing he was. I mean, he wasn't technically... He wasn't a signing, of course, because he was a loan player and he'd been loaned out by Karanka before, but we did decide to bring him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthias Sarkic, obviously. Uh, Dion Sanderson, who we have brought back. Uh, mm-hmm. And then some towards the end of the season signings, we obviously have Lyle Taylor. Uh, we have Janino Bakuna, who's still in the team. And we've, uh, and of course, uh, Ana Hernandez as well. And although those weren't playing in the same teams, the impact that all those players had was enormous. Oh, and Ted Mengi as well. Those players that we had last season, they were impact players. I'm looking at Bakuna now and I'm thinking he's a good impact player, but we need more. We need more of those players because you can't rely on players like Jordan James, who is, what, 17, 18 years of age? Is he? he, I can't can't remember how old he is now. I think he's 18 now. I feel like he might be 19 now, but mm, yeah. He's around that age. He's, He's still a teenager, but it's like, obviously with the three that we had in Taylor and Hernandez and obviously Bakuna as well. I think mm-hmm. that that was like a good small period because we were starting to play some football that was catered towards those players. And obviously yeah. now that the players that we're bringing in are Placetta, uh, Austin Trusty, John Ruddy, they all seem quite defensive, even though Placetta is technically a winger. Um, we are using him in a wide uh, a wing back position. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the signings that we are now making they, they they don't relate to the team, do they? No, no. I mean, it, yes, we needed a couple of centre backs, uh-huh. um, but realistically, you needed to make them long term projects rather than bringing in the loan for a season. Mm. The fact that two of our three starting centre backs are loan deals is quite frankly atrocious, um, because you know there's going to be no continuity after this season. Um, there is zero possibility that we sign either of them after this loan deal. So you ask yourself, what what really was the point? Mm. Because the thing is, there were players available on free transfers in the summer that we definitely should have been looking at. Mm. Um, and you know, Christy that was in uh, in training or whatever could have had a look at him for depth and. He could have played that right centre-back role as Colin did against Watford. You know, there's there's been a lot of opportunities to have a look at people that will stay with us long-term 
over loans and it just hasn't been done. Yeah. You know, John Ruddy coming in, okay, I get it. Neil Everidge wasn't good enough last season and to be honest, he hasn't been good enough since he's arrived. Um, But, you know, again, John Ruddy's going to be gone within a year or two, mm. unfortunately. Um, So, you, you kind of look at the team and who do you build it around? Because the young lads, the young lads show themselves, they'll be gone within a year or two. Yeah. Bakuna, again, you know, if if he had any type of consistency about him, he wouldn't be playing for Blues, unfortunately. Mm. You know, one game is, is an absolute world beat and the following game is barely recognisable. So, yeah. it's just, you know, you look around the teams in the championship that do well and they've got someone to build around. We don't have that. Yeah, no, I completely agree with a lot of what you say there because it's like, it's like you say, that a lot of the players that we do have, yeah, we may be good signings at the moment, but they're not going to be our players within a couple of years. It's like you say, with John Ruddy being, uh, what is he? I can't remember how old he is now, John Ruddy. He's like... About 35, isn't he? Five, yeah. Same with Deeney, same with we're getting close to Hogan now. He's in his thirties now. Looking at Duke, Duke as well. could be gone within a year yeah. or two. Roberts is getting on as well a bit, even though it, it, all these players could I, be playing better. I I couldn't understand the logic behind giving Roberts a new contract. Mm. Uh, I know obviously they've got him on a reduced wage now, and that might help out financially. But to add years onto his contract was absolutely baffling to me. Mm. Yeah, and we wouldn't offer more for Michael Morrison when it was his time to when his contract was up. Like that yeah. was that's even more baffling because obviously he was playing good for us at the time under Monk, and yes, yeah. I can't remember the exact negotiations he wanted. I think he wanted two years rather than a one year. I might be wrong on that. Someone might be able to correct I me. I think it that. was three three years that I was told that he wanted, mm. which, um. I was I was very much in the camp of okay, you know if that's what you want, sign a deal where it's a case of you played this long, you get the extra years kind of thing because that's what right, they offered yeah. him. Um, and you know he was basically like, oh well, I think I'm good enough to play for that long. Well, look, prove it because I know you can say, oh yeah, well you should show some loyalty to players because they've been there and they've helped you out and whatever else. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it is a business. Yeah. So if we were to hand a 31-year-old a three-year contract and then after the first year his knee blows out and he's finished, what do yeah. you do then? No, it's very true. So yeah. You have you have to protect yourselves in that situation. And you know, Morrison for me, um I I don't think I can ever forgive him for the way he gave up on us under Zola. And I understand that, you know, the way we were playing at the time wasn't suited to him and it was it was difficult for the players and whatever else. But as a club captain, you cannot be giving up on your side because it, there was no coincidence for me that within a week of Zola being sacked, he was all of a sudden as available again. Mm. There's there's no coincidence for me because yeah. even the week before they were saying, oh, well, he's a couple of weeks away. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you're available for the very next game because that manager's gone. It's mm. it's unacceptable to me. Do you think that Deeney sort of 
in that sort of mode at the moment. Or, or he definitely felt like he was because under Bowyer, he was always injured or coming back from injury and not playing. And as soon as he went, he was straight back in the team. Yeah. Dean is a comp- complicated character, really. You know, um, even when he's fit, he doesn't seem like he's fit. Um, the only time that he looked like he had any kind of spring in his step was when he first arrived. Um, and I think that was the euphoria of getting, getting to be able to play yeah. for his home side and obviously the fans being fully behind him at the time. But that wears off. And unfortunately, you know, Deeney said in years gone by that he, he didn't want to play for Blues because of the pressure and the fans would get on his back because of the fact that he is Blues. And our fans have went and proved him right. Yeah. No, you spot on there, yeah. Well, uh, we're coming to the end of this recording. Uh, I think that was, was a pretty decent chat, actually, for a quite a turbulent time here in the the Blues. I think um, I think we covered quite a lot in that short time that we had there. Um, but I'll give you one last question uh, just before we go. Uh, the predictions for Norwich game. Uh, what do you think it's going to be? It's a tough one. I mean... Like I said earlier, it'd be typical Blues to go and win 1-0. So I'm going to give us a 1-0 win. <laughs> In fact, no, no. I'm not going to go for a 1-0 win. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Okay. And Bellingham's going to get his first goal. Okay. <laughs> That's a little bit of hope, that is, that is. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I was thinking something along the lines of that because I think that we could have a bit of a bounce back. I don't think we will win. I think we might get a draw. I agree with that. I think we'll play better. Um, but then again, why does it take playing a better team in order to get that reaction? So it will be frustrating because in a weird sense, it's kind of like you expect them to do badly. And then when they do well, it's kind of frustrating because it's like, well, where was this? Where was this? Where was this against Robin? Where was this against Wigan? Exactly. Those were big must-win games and we didn't win them. And yet we get a point against Norwich. We could have seven points rather than one, you know, those are the, and, that, and those seven points could be so crucial come to the end of the season. Absolutely. Well, it's never a dull moment sporting Birmingham City Football Club. As uh, as this podcast probably highlights, we've talked about Gary Monk and Rowett and Zola and Redknapp. It's like, that's just within the last few years, you know what I mean? So like, it's been a, a roller coaster of a ride and it forever will be sporting the Blues, but we'll always be there. We'll always be supporting the team. We'll always be clapping them out. We'll always be traveling them in the hundreds of miles to get there. We'll always be watching them on the telly and everything. And we'll always be talking about them. You know, blues are always everything. Um, be sure to get your thoughts in the comments down below and uh, tweet us on Twitter. Uh, if you've agreed, if you disagree with what we say, let us know. We'll have a chat about it. We'll have a civilized chat about it. You know, not like the football where we just scream and shout at everything. Uh, we'll save that for the football, definitely. Uh, but Rich, it's been great having you on again. Thank you very much for coming on, mate. And, Cheers, mate. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, we'll uh, see you very soon. Keep right on. Sports Social Podcast Network.